Hey guys, I'm Brittany. I'm Rhea. <laughs> and this is the Be More podcast. And it is Monday night at 9.40 p.m. And if you are on with us visually right now, you can totally tell that it's 9.40 at night on a Monday. I'm wearing a cat sweater. Like that's- I was wondering what you're wearing, to be quite honest. I'm wearing a cat sweater. <laughs> My father gave this to me, I think, at some point when I was in college. And it's super comfy. And I'm for it. Good for you. And yeah, I'm just just chilling at yeah, nine Maria, Maria, at night yeah she's all all the same things but yeah. that's how you can tell if you look at us visually um apologies in advance for any additional fun sounds that i make i have a sinus infection <laughs> and i don't have fruit today so no asmr for y'all sorry there we go i'm gonna eat a cookie and drink some tea so that'll probably be oh, okay. good enough um so Actually, this is perfect because the stuff we're going to talk about tonight, if I was telling Maria, um, so Maria and I both looked over all the stuff we're going to talk about, and I'll tell you about like, where this source is coming from, but um, me, like, a year ago, never in a million, if you would have told me, like, Brittany, you're going to record yourself in your glasses <laughs> with no makeup on, wearing a cat sweater, I'd have been like, absolutely not, no, I'm not, um, <laughs> But this episode is going to be really good talking about around all of this idea of it being a fear that I've had. Um, and also, I told Maria that it's very interesting because this conversation, we're going to be talking about fear tonight, friends. And we're not going to be talking about fear in the, the aspect of, ah, I'm afraid of this, like, actual, like, I don't know, not actual fears, but like, literal fears that we might have. We're going to be talking about the fear of other people. I was say like the fear of like literally people <laughs> the fear of people um which it's great because I told Maria at the point now that I am in my life I'm really starting to address the fact that I had this underlying fear that I didn't even realize was in my head and starting to actually deal with it so there's that good that's so, scary <laughs> yeah like right that's scary like, literally and it's funny because the the title of this chapter so just to give everybody a little like what is she talking about i'm reading a book called built through courage by dave hollis um and the more i read this book the more i find out like all of the really interesting jobs this man has done um but just to give a little bit of background on him he was one of the i'm gonna for like there are a million titles for these things he did something along the lines of marketing for like disney um, in the and in the extent and like Marvel to the extent of like helping sell like movie ideas. Oh, he like pitches things. I don't know. What yes, to, yeah. He's in, like and then also I just read the chapter that I just read. He also was the very first tour manager for Destiny's Child before they were Destiny's Child. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like super interesting things. So this man's done a lot in like the industry and has had to deal with a lot of shit. Um, but what makes me really laugh is the part, little section of the title um, that I sent to Maria. The section, the chapter itself is called Confronting Your Fear. But the section that I sent to Maria literally is titled Them. Yeah, like on the top of these <laughs> these pages, because I just got screenshots from Brittany, it literally just says them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, is that what the book is called? Because I also, like, did you even send me what the book was called? No. no. Absolutely not. No, I did not. <laughs> it's just like them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like I said, the book is called Built for Courage. He talks about, like, building your courage through your life. Um, but yeah. it's this this section of the, title, the, the chapter on confronting your fear is all about other people. But he literally titles the section them. And it's funny because 
I could totally see um like Jordan Peele coming out with like the next version of the Us movie. It's them. You know what I mean? Like Us. Oh, quick caveat or quick whatever. His what? next movie is called Nope. Did you? <laughs> did you? See oh that? no, I did <laughs> no, not. That's all. So is yes, that like it, a recent thing that's happened? Because I'm yeah. Just- it, like I just saw the preview for it when I went to the movies last week. Um, which we can talk about that movie in a different episode. To we be totally should. Um, um, but called nope so yes it would be in the in the category of jordan peele's next movie called yes that's so funny uh so yeah so let's like get into this so what 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 do you how would you like me to do this is there something that you want to talk about first you want me to like start going through stuff and then take your i'm gonna take your lead because you you've read more so like i'm sure you have more things to say you know so i'll you know okay here's my favorite thing that we're going to talk about and maria i can't i can't wait to hear so he talks about in the very beginning um working against your greatest fear. And for so many people, our greatest fear is other people for reasons that we don't even realize. And especially for people who tend to be more introverted and would rather be by themselves, which is literally both of us. I know you might be surprised, but guys, I literally would rather be by myself. Um, Mood. I literally tell people like, I don't (laughs) like, I'm going to go MIA. Like, (laughs) like literally, I'm just like, I like and I don't I rarely like respond to you because I know that we're gonna talk like yeah in the week cool. or whatever what so else? it's like I just go MIA so yes yeah like, I would and rather be alone <laughs> when you're by yourself or long enough like mm-hmm. once you get settled into the comfort of being by yourself the idea of having to face other people is literally paralyzing anyway yeah. anyways yeah. So, talking about fear of other people so the first thing that he says a lot of the perspective of this chapter in this book is the reason why we're afraid of other people is because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. We're afraid of their criticism. And, um, which as a person like hundred percent identify with it's, which is funny because I don't care what people think, but like my ego cares. But you do. (laughs) Right. So like, that's frustrating. But my favorite line in this whole book so far is you aren't free ice cream. You can't make everyone happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I saw that. I was like, and like, that was the first page that you like scanned over and it was literally right in the smack in the middle, y'all. It's like, just like, you aren't free ice cream. You can't make everyone happy. Which, the you can't make everyone happy is such like a, yes, that makes sense. But as a people, as people pleasing people, <laughs> like, yeah, but don't tell me that. You know, like, it's just like, yes, I get it. But damn, like, I, I no, thank you. <laughs> Isn't it so funny that as people pleasing people, and that's a part of the problem, right? We were raised... Mm-hmm. we were raised with that as a part of like that's a cog in our system that we have to like one of the processes that we have to go through is whatever we output we need to please people but it's not relative it's like it's it's not our logical brain understands that like no but our like the emotional it's our, the emotional yeah, side. our, our yeah. imp- especially being empath like your empathness is like, no, but I just, I really, for some reason, I, I guess, cause he related it to food. I've had people tell me this idea in a lot of ways. Like you don't have to please everybody, but yeah. this specific way of saying it really hit home for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh damn. Okay, cool. Yeah. So- because like, uh, again, it makes sense. <laughs> like you just said, it literally just makes sense. Like no not everyone needs to be happy with you hmm. but like if if it hits 
if the free ice cream hits more than like you can't make everyone happy then it, it works for you right like yeah and the the next thing he goes on to say is don't let a critical person for whom you're like your he talks about like people's output as like their light so don't let the critical person for whom your light was never intended keep you from letting it shine on the rest of those who desperately need it and the one mm-hmm. little like caveat that i added in was like this also applies to yourself right so like you can't let people who criticize you stop you from like giving light to yourself too if you're in need of whatever it is that you want to do or it doesn't matter so i thought that i just it's just so so simple and also i i mean like the light thing the light thing speaks to me i feel like i also in my own philosophies tend to see things in like light or darkness so like Mm. it it makes sense like why waste your time and energy yeah it's so simple yeah so yeah we, we I love got something out of that yeah for sure and then he says to you i'm just gonna like read another little section yeah, on page the next page just for you for your like the bottom of the yeah, next page. i'm, I'm uh, not on my phone just to be on my phone guys i know <laughs> maria's reading this how i sent her so he talks a little bit about his own journey in dealing with worrying about whatever he puts out there being rejected or criticized by people and he says the fear most people have about them meaning other people isn't over how much impact they'll have, but they worry about how much criticism. They worry what they'll say, what they'll think, and more of games fostered by our ego and the handiwork of our insecurity. It's over. It's an overstated sense of self. I hate to break this to you, but no one is thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, Again, it's one of those things that I literally preach this to the dancers that I work with and like people who want to go into yoga classes and who tell me they're terrified. Especially in a situation when we're already feeling vulnerable, like people are going to look at us. If you're thinking that, everyone else in that situation is thinking that, and then no one's actually thinking about anybody else. Yeah. But (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to like your daily life, especially when so much of the daily life that we live in is about competition and comparison. Yeah. It's so hard to think that way. Because you think it's both narcissistic <laughs> that, and also an empath. It's like both at the same time, which is so yeah. contradictory. It's like, the it's like paradox no people... of others. Right. It's like, you're and the narcissistic come like way comes in like they're thinking about me like they're definitely but like they're not like <laughs> do you know how long and I still to this day even <laughs> have worries about this and I think this is part of like me dealing with trauma because there was a point where mm-hmm. if you're if you're anybody who's ever had rumors spread about you that got back to you especially as a the worst <laughs> teenager like, a younger person yeah yeah it becomes a seed that's planted in your head and it's always something you worry about, which is really annoying. But I know for a fact that because I've had in many multiple instances of that being a truth for me, I always have this little alarm that goes off in my head like, oh my God, those people are talking about me. And it could and, also be a good, like the rumor could be a good thing too. Right, it, right, it exactly. Be, oh, but it doesn't matter. Way. They're talking yeah. about you and you don't know what they're saying. That's exactly, the you're not in that room. So it's like, you want to like hone in the right. uh, the outer image that you're trying to uphold for like random people. Like right. not even like- and as I don't like why- Not even like the 5% that he's like talking about in this next right. like few, whatever. And the truth of the matter is, 
if in most of the situations that I've been in, if somebody has said something good about me, someone in that group will likely share that, right? Because, you know, like, they're like, oh, by the way, I was talking to this person and they said this, or we were just talking about you. Like, people, and I do that to people, right? Like, oh, I was just having a yeah, conversation yeah. With you, about you and this. But, and if it's not that, if it's not something that's supportive, then you don't want to hear it anyway. Like, what? Again, not free <laughs> ice cream, right? Not everybody, yeah. but, like, eat it and like you, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but here's the beauty of the paradox. He says, like, this one sentence that says, not worrying about what other people think is the prerequisite for courage. And I thought... That makes... Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. And this is where we constantly, like, live in that paradox, right? It's not that... Mm-hmm. When we say, or when I say, I don't care what other people think, it's not that I don't care what other people think. It's that I'm not going to let what other people think stop me from taking my next courageous action. Yeah, that's exactly what the next, like, thought is. It's right, like the and first that's what thought, we mean. Yeah, the first thought is kind of like, not I don't want to say juvenile, but, like, without any experience of struggle in the real world. And yeah. then it's like the next step is, yeah. like, the understanding of, like, that yes, first sentence. Because you know, like... It comes back to what you said. As much as we tell ourselves we don't care what other people think, a part of our brain, a part of our ego will always care what other people think. So it's not that we don't care what they think. It's just that we don't have to we don't have to absorb what it is that they think. We don't yeah. have to listen to what it is that they think and let yeah. that be something that stops us. Like, you know, what fear rightly does. Fear is the thing that stops us from taking our next courageous action. So uh-huh. as that's what we really mean to say. But again, because we want it, because our ego is so screwed up. We don't want people to know that our ego actually cares what people think. Our ego tells us to say us that we that we don't, but that's not what actually it's going. But that's not what actually happens. Like until you find that courage, really, to block that right. shit out. Right, and that, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, right? Like you don't find courage by you don't, or you're not just magically courageous. Like there's no the only way that you build courage is by facing that fear and taking the action, and like seeing it and taking it anyway. So, and I'm not gonna lie, like. Having our own fear, I have overcome in my life so many things that I'm afraid of, but one of the things that without a doubt always becomes something that can paralyze me or like literally be a roadblock for me is dealing with this fear of other people. Yeah, I have it in a similar way where it's, (laughs) am I going to say this right now? I'm dealing with this. abandonment issues situation like that is also a fear of other people in a a a different way those are the two biggest fears that people have that won't that aren't like there's a woman oh Uh what does she do there's a a woman named peppa grange who literally sounds like a harry potter character right no it sounds like peppa pig (laughs) i know but her name is peppa grange and she's i don't remember anything about her credential but she's australian and she works in like a lot of psych, like, like psychology stuff, yeah. things, yeah. and those are the two biggest, like the the fears that people have. Like all of our fears are somehow attached to these two underlying fears: death oh, yeah. and the fear of abandonment and the fear yeah. of like rejection and like criticism. like offshoots people. of it. Yeah. Exactly, stem from yeah. that. So understood. Go ahead. What were you saying about your? Fear of oh, I, I really can't remember. <laughs> oh, like the fear of people, right? Like, it's abandonment is like an right. offshoot of that. They're not going like, to anymore. 
exactly like i won't be accepted and it's it's such like a there was never a name for it until i like went to therapy you know like like once you get over and it's still like a i have a, i have a fucking flare up for me right now like i'm dealing with right now like yeah the fear of people will never go away but it's like how you cope with it is like it that next step literally is a habit if you did <laughs> yes. not listen to our last episode go back and listen to it you are never done working on it right and it's like it's brain without... before your brain's even processed so you have no control like those roots never end right and it's like going back to like just like the whole fear and courage thing like it's without a name to it it's like you're it you're stuck until you find that yeah. situation and that name and you're like okay, what can I do to remedy this? Which is like totally dealing with fear. And it's exactly what you said. The, the idea and the concept of just saying, I don't care what people think mm -hmm. also is a perfect way to get yourself stuck. Cause that's not the full sentence, right? Yeah. You're I'm missing that. Care. And you're missing the like actual I've action. I've been in that frustrating <laughs> place where I'm like, I don't care what people think. And I'm like, wait, why don't, wait, I do care what people think like, why is this happening? It's such like denial. You have to go through like the stages of like grief. <laughs> Like you're stuck. A lot of people are stuck in denial yeah. for so long until they oh, accept yeah. like the actual fear behind it. The stages of grief. Apparently, there's more than just the ones that we say. There's like twelve or on. something. There's like a yeah. lot. I saw it but the other day somewhere. <laughs> we really only. It's very. It's mm -hmm. interesting how we choose to only assign it to. If you think about it, right. Death? If the things that, yeah, if the things that we're really ultimately afraid of are death and abandonment and anything related to like getting rejected or criticized by other people, it's funny how we only choose to, and we know that now, we only choose to attach grieving to death. But when we lose people but yeah, I was just physically here, which is 10 times more painful, it's I think. Worse, yeah. We don't know how to grieve that process either so it's i don't think we know how to grieve outside of death properly that's I don't the think thing people know how to grieve period <laughs> period full stop um, yeah I, it's because it's not like saying it as a single word does not fully encompass the shit story the shit behind it is. yeah so i mean it's a totally an easier said than done situation but how do you <laughs> how do you encourage people to work in the process of grieving when it just brings up their fear of the two things that you know it's that it's, they don't even want to face that they don't want to face <laughs> at all so it's that's hard and that's takes a lot of work and that's a totally different conversation that we're gonna have at a later point with possibly yeah. therapist anyway <laughs> so with a third party present yeah <laughs> when we're talking about them um Dave mm -hmm. Hollis breaks them I thought this part was super interesting David Hollis breaks people into three different categories. I'm going to take a picture of this and I'll share it on our Instagram so people can see it. Yeah. So this was very helpful to me also because seeing something about seeing a pie chart, visuals. Oh, visuals helped me <laughs> tremendously. So this was helpful. So let's talk, let's break them down. So I'm just going to go through like the chapter part. So he says 85% of people are casual acquaintances in your life. Mm -hmm. So he defines them as people who you know them but you don't do life with them every single day I, the fact that you say don't do life with them it like that makes it clear <laughs> and it right and he says they don't exist within your life they exist around your life so 
the yes. the visual yeah. example he gave because again visuals and metaphors there are when you are inside of the arena and you're fighting your battles they are the spectators spectators will watch and cheer and boo but they don't get to say how the game is played yeah yeah they're spectators of your life which social media again social yes. media has screwed us in this respect right because they by have and this is i think probably why instagram for the longest time was trying to stop the like feature from happening because we empower the spectator to be more than just a spectator and have some type of assessment on the action we're doing inside of the arena when we offer our like button that's like going back in time and giving all the people inside of the arenas like little heart things that they have to hold up if they think that what the fighters are doing is good like yeah it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. empowering and like it's one thing for them to make comments and have a voice, but it's so easy. It takes more effort to write a comment than it does to just be like like or not like. Yes. You get what I'm saying? I, I get that. Yeah. So that was great to me because now I'm gonna remind myself by having the definition of being like, is this a person that I do life with? Yeah. Or are they not? Yeah. Me. And it it made me think to myself, there are people who I love dearly mm -hmm. and might even have a little fear in like getting criticism from them where I'm like, oh shit, like I don't do life with you either. Yep. And mm -hmm. this is where you get to like even talking like friends and family members. And family. It's, yeah. It really started to alter my perspective. So that was, that's 85% of I'll people. Say, yeah. 85% in your life. of the people that you have in your life are these spectators. Let's just Nuts. Yeah. All right. So then it, then it jumps quite a lot, much smaller number. He goes to 10% and he says 10% are misguided loved ones. <laughs> misguided. They're the people who have opinions that you do care about because you love or crave love from them. Going back to our fear of abandonment. Yeah. <laughs> but when they have thoughts on how you're living your life, it actually has an effect on you. These people, however, are representing their concern for your choices through the lens of their fear, not love. They are giving you advice based on their own limiting beliefs, not the truth of your ability. They mean well, but are misguided because they don't understand your motives, share your values, or appreciate the landscape of the, of the way you do. Or even have, I'm going to add on there, like, they don't even have your actual experiences. Like, even if they go through life with you, they're not really full in, like, they don't have a full Picture. picture yeah exactly the the greatest thing that is in this little section is that he says they're representing concern for your choices through the lens of their fear their fear yeah remember what we said at the end of last episode friends don't put your fear on me oh yeah don't project <laughs> i you have an epiphany no it, well i have i mean i have multiple epiphanies all the time that's why i like to read this stuff because it makes me yeah. realize how i can better guide myself from having to deal with this shit but there are people in my life who, wait until we get to the five percenters, yeah. but there are people <laughs> in my life who people love to share fear. Like they just, it's misery loves company. It's so easy to share our fears. And I, I, I love that he put in the fact that it's misguided because they're all well-intended. Yeah, correct. But they're not checking themselves. Right. It's like one of those, it's more or less, I see this when people one up me, mm. you know, they're like, I try and, to, you know, I try and kind of connect with them, like say what's going on, whatever. And then they'll just be like, oh, well, in back in my, like, 
back when I was your age or like so or like this happened recently to me or I'm just like at that point you're just like I'm just checked out (laughs) I'm just like I don't know if you're just like venting to me just or like trying to give me advice where advice isn't even warranted more or less in those situations I feel like people are trying to form some type of connection Right. There, there are times where I will say a story to connect with someone that I am also, you know, I also do this, but I phrase it in a way where it's not one up ish. Mm. You know, when like you can tell when people are one upping you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Feel, I feel like there's a way to be like, I can relate to your experience. I had a similar experience when, right. Yeah. Like, and that's why we're sharing it. But sometimes when we don't say that that's our clear intent, it doesn't always come out yeah but and like it's them it's those misguided people that are trying to feed something yeah. into me yeah you know like that's where i i find it more often than not totally and that's yeah. exactly what he said he says these people mean well they're presenting their fear wrapped in love it's not this part i love this part it's not a gift worthy of accepting because it's not connected to who you are or why you're making your decision you're following your calling not theirs while the intentions of this misguided loved one are harder to release they are yeah. releasable all the same. <laughs> it is hard because it is coming from the people that you Hedge tend release, to. Boo. Yeah, it, it is the people that you tend to either hang out with or like see family and their family, you know? And so. these are the hardest ones to realize that you have to let go of. Yes. Especially as a people pleaser. Yeah, because you still have relationships with these people. Right. And that's, and so like my practice for myself, it's so easy with the 85% to be like, wait, you're not in my life every day. Like that's like. Oh, it's so easy. That's Disregard. That's line. Yeah. But for these places, it can be harder, especially if it's people that you love, you spend more time with. But the thing that um, has to be, I think, the the separation point is that when someone, they have to have such, like, a, like, so uh, here's an example, right? Yeah. The, there is, my husband and I are probably the only, I would say to anybody in the world, he would be the person that I would say would be shares in my values the most, right? Like we are on the same page the most out of everybody else that I have like do life with, right? Yeah. But if I'm talking about something related to like my dance career or my dance experiences, he's got, he, as much as he might try to understand what's going on for me in that, he's not me. He doesn't understand my experiences and my, you know what I mean? Like my call, what, what, especially when it comes to like reaching to the higher power, right? Like no one's going to answer that, be able to answer that call, but me, if it's like a, right. So even if he's well-intended and anything that he's saying, he has no like attachment point to be able to make any statement. So that's what I have to, that's what I'm using for myself. And if this helps anybody else to remember that you, if you don't truly, you can acknowledge and you can respect, but if you don't truly understand where it is that I'm coming from on something, then why well, there's, you know, you're misguided, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's well intentions again behind everything. It's just like, you don't have to listen to it, but yeah. it's hard. It's hard not to do. And this is why just like the little pop filter that I see on Maria's microphone right now, we have to start to strengthen our ability to filter everything that comes at us, especially from the people that we love. Mm-hmm. Okay, five percenters. This one, this one, this one's hard. Okay, five percent <laughs> are the people you love with legitimate concern. Who? Period. <laughs> These are the people who are in your life that love you and crave love from you, that get your motivation 
see the alignment with your values, have some handle on the landscape, and want to engage in a conversation to make sure you're considering every angle. They want to play the role of accountability partner and become an accomplice in their, your preparation for the journey ahead. You should listen to the opinions of these people. Wait. Yeah, this wait. I mean, Don't stop listening. do what they say. But being in a community with people that who have a legitimate concern for you and look to play a role in preparing you for the implications of big decisions is something that all of us need in our lives. No one goes on the journey of self-actualization alone. Which... Uh, yeah, let me just repeat before you go on. Um, yes, please This do. doesn't mean that you should always do what they say. Yes. So just keep that in mind, people. Correct. And literally, this is where the concept of holding a mirror up to one another comes from. Yeah. Right? The in the mm -hmm. in the way that what else i was listening to something ah poopsicles i guys i take <laughs> so much content throughout any given day um but i was just listening to something about the difference between <laughs> there is a difference between me taking a, a tennis ball and bouncing it against the wall and it coming back to me mm -hmm. and me like volleying with somebody on a tennis court oh yeah right yeah the we need to be able to have that that volley versus right. a wall people, like people being able to play off of what we're saying versus us just going the wall because i'm the only person if we just look in the mirror on our own we're going to only see what we want to see there's going to be right. to what we're able to do but if somebody else is there standing next to that mirror, right, sending that volley back and guiding, you know, guiding what we look at in that mirror, it's going to be able to change our perspective. And I will tell you this, I, from my point of view, I haven't always done this in the most, like, non-abrasive way. I'm so much better at it now. But <laughs> when I have a conversation with somebody who brings me, in, like, a, an issue, a concern, situation dealing yeah. with, yeah. I love being that person who helps them find a new perspective. Yeah, because it's a disservice to them. This is probably to both of our values, if you will. It's a disservice to them to just be a wall. Yeah. You know? Totally. One of the things that I'm getting really good at, or I'm, and I'm still learning how to get good at, is and I've talked to you about this too, is like me trying to deal with how I respond to all of the toxic, positive shit that I built into my head. Yeah. <laughs> and being able to like put in perspectives around that. But I think one of the reasons why I love being in that position so much is because I love when people do that for me. Because it changes yeah. my, like it cha literally changes my world, right? When people can do that for me. Um, but those are your five percenters, people. And that's not a lot of people. <laughs> no, but because uh, again we spend a lot of time seeing 85 the other 85 percent mm -hmm. so we get muddled into thinking that they are the five percent that we should be yeah you know sending our energy to remember when we had our conversation about friendship and the both of us were like i can count all my close hand my friends on like one hand one. yeah and i remember i'm just now at the point where i'm like i'm so happy that i don't do this but I remember when there used to be a point where we were like, oh my gosh, like we need to have all of these friends. And what does it say about you if you don't have all these friends? And this concept completely blows that shit up. Yeah, because like, what is the use of, you know, I don't know, a hundred friends when you can't even 
when they're all walls and not like people volleying with you yeah for real and so yeah this this was crazy and one of the biggest things that he says again he talks about this a lot and the idea of like trying to be in some type of leadership or putting something out into the world he says remember that the cost of entry for a life of impact is criticism oh (laughs) damn yeah and like oh criticism from 95 percent of those people you don't have to listen to literally yeah i mean 100 of those people you don't have to listen to yes yes the five percent again you don't always have to do do whatever they say yes that's not the point of the five percent correct and he has this little so if anybody's like wondering like ooh, i wonder who sits on where on this for me he has this little log activity that which i actually like right isn't it great it's such a good visual um he said I'm just going to share this with you guys. So on a on a blank page, put columns 85%, 10%, and 5%. And then think about the people that you would put under. Mm-hmm. Like, whose judgment are you worried about right now? Put it under these three buckets. And the 5% people that matter are the people that you can go to. And everybody else you're going to let release. Them. It says thought, release the rest. <laughs> yeah, release the rest. I, th- I think that's just genius. And it's we start... We, I, I personally always start with those 85 percenters that I'm worried about the most and it makes absolutely no a freaking sense. So now I have this little thing to come back to and be like, wait, yeah, you're who, who yeah. bye. Uh, bye-bye. So <laughs> just really, I want everybody to do this activity and let me know how it goes for you. Cause it really, my whole, I have like three people that I need to talk to about my life and everybody else can just, yeah, you can release them be there and it's cool like everybody serves their purpose but when it comes to you actually wanting feedback from somebody and that's the truth too right we don't create enough of a distinction between the idea of feedback and criticism Mm -hmm. feedback should not have opinion attached to it feedback should just literally be here are the facts and then here's a possible solution for you not attached in any possible options that you can go yes how we can help you get to whatever resolve you're looking for Criticism on the other, other hand. Not that. It, it just digs into your personality. Right. And like no bueno. So um, I don't know if I sent this to you because I read this part more, but I'm going to read this to you and then you're going to tell me what you think. Okay, great. Ready? Yeah. So this is from the later end of his chapter on fear. Um, uh-huh. And he honestly, it's interesting. It's related to the death, like the end of death section. Yeah. But um, he quotes two people. So the first quote that he says is from Tim Ferriss, and it says, the hard choices, what we most fear doing, asking, saying, these are, the ver- these are very often what we need most to do. Say that again. Okay. <laughs> Say that first part again. <laughs> the hard choices, uh-huh. what we most fear doing, asking or saying, are very often what we most need to do. Oh, yeah. I agree. It- <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, the things you, in your head, the th- typically, the things you don't want to do, you fucking have to do. Because yep. if you don't do them, you're stuck. This could literally be your next task at work, your next fucking homework assignment, or literally your fear of abandonment. <laughs> yeah. And like, having to is- address it and actually deal with it. Yeah. It lives in every aspect of your life. Like, because then you're stuck and then you're you're stuck for the rest of your life if you don't deal with this the 
additionally not related but also yeah. still related i'm also still reading the untamed book by glennon doyle uh-huh. and one of the chapters that she has in there in addition to what we're doing what we're afraid of she says that for people who start to feel as they go through life they start to feel lost or like they don't know what their purpose is and apparently it's something that's more commonly happening for people who identify as women than it does for people who identify as men um that the things that you're afraid of or the things that you hear that break your heart and make you the most uncomfortable are the things that you need to learn more about because that's where your purpose lies that makes sense and you're attached to that there's fear there's a lot of fear there because it's like do you want to open those doors exactly so i (laughs) thought that was just another interesting life's hard and it's fun to put it into perspectives like of obviously like you read these things and i I don't know if you guys are like me but when i read stuff i always that's the way we apply it you start to think about it in your own lens right so it's like assimilated into your head when i think about the work that i do in the dance world I do it because it, first of all, I broke from not having it. Like I was broken, but when I think about what's happening now, it breaks my heart. And one of the other things that I've noticed as I'm noticing more and more as we get older, and I'm really kind of afraid of is the true reality of what women's rights and women's lives look like. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting and funny because I studied women's rights in college. Like that was a part of the school that I went to being at Douglas. Um, But I didn't Mm -hmm. take it much further than that. But I'm starting to realize as I'm getting older and really starting to realize the amount of restrictions around us, especially this is relevant with, you know, the shit that just happened with our government. But as I'm getting older and I'm starting to realize all of these programmings that were unknowingly put upon me as a female, I'm realizing how much of a toll it takes and how far we've come and looking back and I'm like, oh my God, like, what was this shit like for women that we didn't have off the options and the opportunities? opportunities. So yeah, look at the shit that makes you uncomfortable and uh, that might be your purpose. That's a side (laughs) note. Anyway, so this is the second (laughs) quote. Uh Uh-huh. Blah, 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 blah. Steve Jobs gave like some type of, I don't remember where I read what his lead in is to this, but Steve Jobs gave like a commencement speech. Mm-hmm. And this is how his speech ended. Ready? Mm-hmm. Your time is limited. So don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of other people's opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. Steve Jobs. Period. Steve Jobs. Like, <laughs> no, that's uh, so much. In so like, it, it literally so much can be unpacked within that uh, you're, you're... quote. Because again, it's the fear of literally living your life for another person. Like or yeah. other people's opinions, which granted we've all been through this. I've been through it at one point. You know, if you lose your way, you tend to live based on other people's dogma. Yeah, because then all that fear sets in, and you're you you need something to hold on to, and it's easier when you have nothing to hold on to from yourself. It's so it's easy so to easy to grab onto someone or something. Yeah, yep. which sometimes or most times is toxic because again, it's not your life, but sometimes it's needed, which is you know unfortunate. 
And the reality of the fact too, is that sometimes you need to hold on to someone else's shit and go down that path to realize like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Something's not right here. Right. And that's and... literally the last little bit of the last, like the next little chapter that I wanted to share with you is that mm-hmm. when we talk about the people who give us misguided, yeah, the misguided the and the people, the people who it's really easy to, when you're out to sea by yourself and you're looking for a life raft, it's easy to grab out to whatever they have. Mm-hmm. He said the same. So literally all the stuff that you just said is part of the chapter that leads into this little sentence. But he says, watch out for anyone trying to disguise their gut judgment or advice as their fear of I'm just looking out for you. <laughs> They're operating from their best intentions but they won't live with the regret of not fully ex- exploiting the gifts at the end of your life. Wait, they will not die with your unrealized dreams. They will not wonder how much more light that, uh, like, that you might have offered the world if you'd better guarded your mind from the distractive forces that they had second-guessing yourself. That's wild. <laughs> you, they they really went to like they're not gonna remember you upon their deathbed, basically. No, and it's <laughs> right when you look at all the elderly people who pass away, their biggest regrets yeah. are I, I like I wish I would have what and it's whatever their value is, right? I wish I would have blank. I wish I would have done this with my life. Yeah. Um That's wild though. So wait, ready? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> If any of this does not, like, if you start to go through all any of this work or you're thinking, like, shit, this is not good for me, welcome to my life. Um, He says, if you realize that the way you spend your time with dealing with fear does not support the way you need to spend your time going forward, new boundaries must be set. (laughs) Period. If the influences that I'm immersed in every day from those people in those buckets negatively affect my thinking or compromise my belief in self, they must go. And I underlined they must go like 6,000 times. Because they do. And close book. (laughs) No, but those people do have to go, unfortunately. And that doesn't mean if it's the 10% people, it doesn't mean like cut them off, but like you don't have to listen to them. But like put them in the 85%, right? And it's not like they have to, that's the thing too. I think we say so much how we create this sharp, jagged distinction of like, you go over there and I'm going to stab you and die and I don't want you in my life anymore. You don't, oh, hiccups. You don't (laughs) need to metaphorically kill anybody off. Yeah. But you can start to create spaces with boundaries and sometimes it's it's the sad reality of the way that we've allowed ghosting to become a thing because all of us Jesus. Do, uh, deal with yeah, oh all of those emotions about creating degrees of separation between people. <sighs> and I've, I don't think I've ever ghosted anybody, but I've been in enough situations, mostly with friends where I've been ghosted and it's really painful and shitty. So don't do it to people. But yeah, I will also say like, I mean, I'm on the, these dating apps. It's easy to ghost people when you don't know them, obviously. Yeah, especially but, when you're on an app, like, hello. But it gets harder when you're in a situationship, if you will. And then, a situationship, I love it. Because it's not really a relationship yet, no, right? It's, it's like, like a... but if you know them and they're, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> I've been on the receiving end and also the giving end. So what I know. What I <laughs> don't understand about that whole situation is that. Yeah. 
why ha- why not have a conversation right like well i guess i guess if we look at the conversation that we just had around the fact that people are afraid of any type of rejection or a, like it's so funny yeah. we we're afraid our intention is to cause separation from the get yes. right if i'm the person like i'm your friend or we're in a situation ship i love that word stealing it and <laughs> go ahead i i found on the internet to continue <laughs> genius i am initiating that those degrees of separation right so yep. my intent is to end that regardless, right? Mm-hmm. But instead, because I have a fear of rejection, even though I no longer give two shits about like what you think of me, right? Technically, yeah. I want to yeah. separate from you. My fear of rejection stemmed from my fear of abandonment is still so strong that yeah. I would rather ghost you than give you the opportunity to get mad at me or reject me in some way. But right, what sucks literally. about that is that for you as the other person, I automatically make you suffer with the fear of abandonment that Correct. I don't want to deal with. Correct. Isn't Correct. that bullshit? Oh, girl, like, duh. <laughs> I've been through it a couple times. It's not pretty. <laughs> that is bullshit. And it's, I don't. It, it doesn't, again, and it's it's just, again, I literally just said I have abandonment issues. So when it happens, right. my flare up is so intense that all of a sudden I'm just like isolated. <laughs> oh, so it's like, it, it's, it's unfair. And again, it's so common, especially with these dating apps, but too, with just social media, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's unfair when people do that to others because they are not, it's a narcissistic thing. Like they're not thinking of, but the re- they don't, 99.99% of people probably on that level don't realize that that's what's going on. Oh, I agree. Yeah. They, they're so to them. It's just like, I don't, who cares? We don't even right. have a thing. So like, yeah, that's just, but I think uh. it's worse. Like a potential romantic relationship is, is like one thing, but it's worse when it's a friendship. I, I think that yeah. that, that oh, is yeah. the worst. Because you're, you're in a relationship type. that has no, there's no, gratification from sexual involvement so it's purely like i feel like platonic relationships right. are yes. purely like the the strongest of bonds because right. it's literally like you guys are there for each other yeah, because you're, not you're getting just anything else out of it right you're you're there's no purely ple- just there's there. no sexual pleasure coming out of it you're purely just there for each other's betterment and then if you ghost a friend like especially if it was wow. a close friend it is literally like the worst type of breakup and this is why, <laughs> this is how people start having fear of them. <laughs> like this is Yeah, that's the fear of other of people. Starts. Yeah, exactly. And that's the reality of all of it, right? The, the full circle of this whole thing in, in dealing with the fear of others is that first and foremost, we've created spaces where people have been burned and put in like having to deal with their fears of the two things that they're afraid of around, well, like literally in death and yeah. parting and some other end of a relationship, whether it's abandonment, rejection, or harsh criticism, mm-hmm. we create too many of those situations and, and our society now is founded on those fucked up situations. That's the yeah. first problem. But the second problem is not enough people are stopping to actually deal with their shit related to those two things <laughs> to create change. Yeah, within themselves or whatever. Right, to make it any, to perpetuate, like to stop perpetuating this as the reality. So. I, as a human being, am trying to address this shit for myself because I don't want to, it's, I don't think there's a single, I mean, (laughs) I, 
the not jaded hopeful part of me, I don't believe that there is that people want if people actually realize what they were doing to one another, I don't think people want to do that to one another. Yeah, I guess. So we just need to be better, like aware and educated about it and help to just find ways that we can from infancy within family systems, create better boundaries and understanding Mm -hmm. about how we could not allow others to put their fear on us. Yeah, it's it's truly just that. It's it's truly just like people are projecting. And you're try and uh, most of the time we're absorbing the projection, and all of a sudden it's our fear, but it's really theirs. Like and it's it's a clear distinction that people have. This to is see. why parenting sucks because <laughs> type of stuff starts developing for your kid the second they start understanding bodily response, like the second yeah. they start understanding body language. Like it's not, I was going to initially say like words, but that's not even the case. The second they start to really understand that your body language is a reaction to their actions, this stuff starts. Yeah. It's not healthy. y'all. <laughs> Parenting is, 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 is hard. A lot more of a responsibility than most people realize it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, well, this was fun. We did a really good job for it now being 1030 on a 1030 month. guys. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> Yeah. So this is what happens when we use books as references. So we'll, we'll, have more, saying, we'll keep using more, more things as reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Any closing Great. remarks? Um, don't ghost people. Uh, uh, figure out if people are projecting or not. Also, find your 5%. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid to define your buckets, to push other people's fear away. You deserve to live your best life. Was that your closing? Yes. Okay, bye.